Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This episode is in memory of Drake Duquesne. I'm Mike. That's Tommy. How's it going? That's Kevin. What's up, y'all? Very special episode today. We just got done watching the Mighty Ducks cartoon. So, Tommy, what is our topic today? Um, basically, the messed up world of the Mighty Duck cartoon. We uh, we watched the pilot, which was 42 minutes long, <laughs> and I still don't really know what happened in it. <laughs> yeah, so there's two parts. The first face-off part one and the first face-off part two. And we got this idea from our last episode. At the end, we started talking about it and realized we needed to get into it. So, just going to try to go through it, and if there's anything like I missed, feel free to chime in. So, this police detective is angry, and he goes to the, mighty, the pond in Anaheim to confront these ducks, I guess. Now, I'm not really sure what he's angry about. I guess he's angry that they're vigilante ducks serving justice. Yes, and let me uh, let me give you the tagline that we found on IMDb. Oh, yeah. Okay, just to kind of give you a, a brief you know, overview of what the show is. A team of humanoid duck ice hockey team slash freedom fighters fight evil between games. Yes. And, and so I guess this guy is pissed off at the whole like vigilante justice doing his job but breaking the rules to do it. It's like how people you know, didn't trust Batman. Exactly. You know? oh, okay. So think of Batman except... There's six of them, and they're ducks. And they're ducks. And they're from a different universe. I should mention that it debuted in September 1996. Now, D3 came out in October 1996. So, right around that time. So, like we said, this this detective is angry at these ducks and for foiling a bank heist, is what it said in the newspaper. And so he goes to their game, where they're playing the Cohogs, and it's just a bunch of like sharp cuts of the ducks like doing sweet things on the ice with really weird taglines. Like one of them was "Lucy, I'm home," and then they score a goal. I don't understand it. It was just a bunch of one-liners. Yeah. So they go and they talk to the well, this detective talks to their manager, lawyer. Who is this? The fat guy. Uh, his name is like Phil Palmfeather or something like that. So he's a big guy, voiced by Jim Belushi of all people. And I guess he's their manager slash agent, maybe kind of like their handler. I okay. mean, shout out to Jim Belushi as a sidebar. <laughs> yeah, you want to come on the show? <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, basically, yeah, he brings in the the manager guy, and this is kind of their way of giving the entire backstory in the form of an interview where the the cop interviews the manager Phil. An incredibly complicated backstory for a for a children's TV show. Yeah, and it's like after every commercial break they have to like bring back in and they essentially rehash what just happened. 
So the cop is always like, so let me get this straight. You got a bunch of duck crime fighters here from another universe? And they did this and this and that? Kind of like, oh, okay, that is what happened. Yeah, so let's break it down in as simple terms as possible. So the ducks are from another universe, and they lived on this planet called Puck World. Which doesn't make sense that it wasn't called Duck World, but... Maybe they just rebranded themselves because they loved hockey so much. Yeah. It's like that uh, that city in Montana named Joe. Oh, yeah. Renamed itself Joe for yeah. Joe Montana. Yeah. yeah. Good. Shout out to the residents of Joe Montana. And Joe Montana himself. Yeah. Joe, you want to be on the show? You know where to find us? com. I'm sure you're big. Oh, listener. he knows. <laughs> yeah. So the ducks are on Puck World, and Puck World is just a planet full of Humanized ducks that are skating all the time and playing hockey all the time. Quick point. It's like Canada. In 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 <laughs> in the scene where they go where they're in Puck World, I th- isn't it odd that you know they skate everywhere and they still like go to a, an a rink like a like an or like a a skating rink? You know, would yeah. not be kind of unnecessary. Well, to- I mean, you walk everywhere, but. You still, <laughs> if you wanted to play football, you still go to a field or something like that. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so back to the story. So Ducks are on Puck World, and they talk about this guy, Drake Duquesne, who I mentioned in the intro. And Drake Duquesne is famous. I'm not really sure why, he, like what he did, but he is like a hero to these people. He like vanquished these aliens back in the day, and it's almost like urban legend. Like It's almost like a myth. Okay, yes. And then the ducks are just skating around, I guess, and this villain comes in, Dragonus, and he's got an invisible flying spaceship, and he somehow like penetrates the defenses and basically enslaves the entire planet. Is that correct? That is correct. And there's some backstory with Dragonus, I guess. His ancestors were beaten up by Drake Duquesne, so I guess he wanted revenge. And and he's like a dragon-looking fella. He's just very odd, but his English is great. <laughs> yeah, he's a dragon-slash-dinosaur-slash type of dude. So Yeah, he's, he must be dinosaur because they keep calling him Dino Breath and stuff like that. Yeah, whatever. So they're all going in this line to, who knows, maybe the ovens, maybe somewhere else. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? We don't know. But... Um, and then this one guy, well, two guys, Wild Wing and Nosedive, they get pulled out of line by this other guy, Kennard. And it's important to know that they're brothers. Yes. Nosedive is like little pipsqueak little brother. Yeah, and they get pulled out of line by this guy, Kennard, who is the resistance. Very easy to break from that. Why were they even still in the line? Exactly. Yeah, they they kind of just kind of like walked into an alley. <laughs> yeah, they just peeled off into an alley and they weren't like handcuffed or anything. No one said anything about it, but basically that is the start of this team of crime fighting mighty slash hockey playing mighty ducks, and Kennard rounds them up. So there's Wild Wing, who's just like an athlete, I guess. I don't know. He doesn't have any like real superior skills other than just being good at things. There's Nosedive, as Tommy said, is a pit swing. There's Duke La Orange, who is like a jewel thief who decided to become on the duck side after Dragonus Yeah, decided over. to like use his powers for good, his skills for good instead of stealing stuff. I guess now he's like Robin Hood. 
Exactly. And he's got an eye patch and a sword. Yeah, and the sword is like a lightsaber. It like goes in and out like so. Then we go on to Mallory McMallard, who doesn't really do. I don't know if she has any super skills. Then there's uh, Tanya Vanderflock, who's like just this mechanical genius. These names are incredible. <laughs> so many duck puns. Yes, and then the final guy is Czech Grimm. Everyone calls him Grimm Hardway. And he's just like the Hulk, basically. Just the super strong guy. So they get together, and what really happens from there? They're just going to go try and beat up um, Dragonus, the, the dinosaur guy. They want to, I guess, go into his hidden fortress. And I guess we kind of, we miss a... Oh, yeah. We missed an important part. One of the, uh, I guess, folklore items of uh, Drake Duquesne is that he had this, like, special hockey mask that enabled him to, like, see the invisible, I guess, bad guys. Because Dragonus, he can, like, flip a switch and he can go invisible. And that's kind of, uh, I guess, his big thing. And so, anyway, Kennard somehow magically found the mask that had been missing for, you know centuries was, he, just, he just found it and put it in his knapsack well it was, it was on the mountains of the twin beaks that's where he found it and then he put it in his knapsack <laughs> and it looks like you know the the logo of the mighty ducks it's like the white hockey mask shaped like a duck face yeah but when you turn it on it turns gold for some reason i don't know i guess so everyone knows that it's on i don't know okay yeah so they go and they're looking for draconis and they have this really sweet spaceship that they go and they somehow I don't I wasn't really clear on this but somehow like Draconis's headquarters were like invisible or something like that and then or they had like a force field and then Kennard puts on the mask and he's able to like teleport the spaceship right into the Draconis's like layers like area so they get there and they leave nose dive in the space, or I guess it's a spaceship. Yeah, in the ship. In the ship. And everyone else goes inside. And Wildwing is supposed to be the decoy. So he goes out by himself for some reason. Everyone else just kind of stands there. Except for, oh, well, Mallory and Tanya go to, what was that thing? The supercomputer room or something. I remember her saying something about a supercomputer. Okay. I yeah. guess it was like the main ship's fortress's hard drive. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to follow. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other ones, I'm not sure what they were supposed to do. I guess they're, because also Draconis, he has like these minions, these like two guys. One's uh-huh. like a big dude, kind of like Grim, and another one's like a shapeshifter, like comic relief, like Think of like the genie in Aladdin, how he'd like shift into some pop culture and imitate them. It reminds me of that. And so I guess they're they're going and they're kind of like, you know, um, like quarreling with them. I guess yeah. I guess they kind of got distracted. Okay. Held up. I guess. Yeah. By those guys and kind of left their boy hanging because he because he was backing up and he's like, my friends are supposed to be here any minute or whatever and he you know because he's expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Wildwing the decoy. Yeah. So. Draconis gets Wildwing, and he puts him on this platform where uh, that's slowly descending. And when he gets to the bottom, it goes into this like electrical field that's gonna like fry him or something like that. 
unclear again. Unclear why. Unclear about that, and unclear why he, that platform dropped so slowly. Yeah. And unclear why he just like shoot him in the face <laughs> yeah. if you wanted to kill him. Exactly. But a lot of great like plucking feathers puns and everything. Oh yeah. And I'm gonna use your wishbone as a toothpick. The dialogue is top notch. Great writing. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to the writers of the show. If you want to be on Quackdack, you know where to find us. Quackdack.com. Contact us. All right. Anyway, back to the story. So Wild Wind's captured. And Tanya and Mallory are in the room with a supercomputer. And Tanya set up her, like, destruction device. And she tells Mallory to toggle the switch. Now, Mallory doesn't know what toggling a switch means, apparently. So she... She seems like a real dumbass. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks for that. Uh, Instead of toggling the clearly, like, a light switch type deal... She pushes the big red button. Number one rule in any cartoon, never push the big red button. Especially also, why were there like two options? Up. Why was there a switch and a button? Well, maybe it was like a multi-purpose destruction device. Okay. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> were you even watching the show, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she pushes the big red button and now a countdown starts. But the countdown is not going like... A second at a time. It's flying down. So the rest of the team, the rest of the team just beats up the minions. And then. What happens is because the explosion, like, oh, yeah. it goes off. Like Tanya and Mallory do this whole, like, they run and, like, jump in the explosion. And then uh, Dracronus, who's, like, kind of, like, laughing and watching as Wild Wings slowly descends down to, uh, like, I guess the lava or whatever. And then, like, there's an explosion. He goes, oh, what the hell was that? So he runs off. And um, I don't really remember what happens. Somehow, I guess they rescue Wildwing. Yeah, they go, they go, and they find Wildwing. Somehow, they are able to find him, which is amazing in itself. <laughs> and then Duke Orange just shoots a grappling hook out of nowhere, like I guess out of his like arm or something. Comes down, swings down, and then somehow is able to like defy physics and swing back up to the platform. Which is like much higher than it, like he's able to get much higher than he should be. So they save him, and at during this time, Draconis is able to gather his minions and go to his spaceship. And then everyone, all the ducks reconvene, and they're like, "Where's Nosedive? He took the ship." Nosedive pops out. He discovered how to fly this like super complicated spaceship in like five minutes. <laughs> and he started out only knowing or not. Knowing how to turn the windshield wipers on, thinking it was going to start. He was literally like blindly poking at buttons, and now he can, you know, figure out how to access. Yeah. So he comes down, saves them. They go on a chase of Draconis, and Draconis institutes some sort of like. It's like a wormhole or something. Yeah. And the ducks are able to get in there, but Draconis drops like an electromagnetic worm that encaptures the spaceship. (laughs) That's what they called it. Yeah. That's what they said. It just looks like a big eel. Yeah, blue eel. So the only way to get around this electromagnetic worm is to give it some sort of matter that it can absorb, I guess. I guess it, so it could like eat it. Yeah. Because it's like going to town on the ship. It's kind of like wrapping it like a snake or something. Mm-hmm. So apparently everything on the ship is tied down. They don't have anything that they can do. They can't throw like a shoe or anything at it. 
They don't wear shoes. They're ducks. <laughs> that's true. That's true. My bad. So, Kennard is just like, I'm going to take this one for the team. And he jumps out, gets wrapped by the worm, and Wild Wings hanging on. Like, you're a captain. You're a captain. And Kennard's like, you're the captain now. And he gives him the magical mask that was the Drake Duquesne's that they found at the Twin Beaks. Was it called Twin Beaks or Twin Peaks? I think Jeez. it was Twin Beaks. Yeah. I think okay, it was a pun. A duck pun. Oh, I get it. That's clever. Yeah. So, Kennard's like out. We don't. He might come back later in the series, but he's out right now. He's in like some sort of. He's in like space limbo or something. Yes. Or dimension limbo yeah. is what Dragonus called it. Yeah. So, after that, Draconis sets some sort of wormhole again, I guess, or he uses the boosters to go through the wormhole, and the ducks are able to keep up with him. And they go through it, and they land in Anaheim, California, yeah. which is an interesting place for a wormhole. Like, why wouldn't it just be Chicago or New York or Los Angeles? Or Joe Montana. <laughs> or yeah. Joe Montana. Or even, like, London or Berlin, but Anaheim. So they get to Anaheim, and they go straight to the mall for some reason. Yeah, they're like, oh, is this place civilized? Like, oh, looks like it is. There's a mall. <laughs> yeah, which is the ultimate sign of civilization, obviously. So they go there. They go to a comic book store, and they tell the people that they're alien ducks from another universe. And after an initial shock, they're like, cool. The people are like, cool. They're like punk rockers who are working at the comic store. They're just like, oh, right on, yeah. Yeah. The comic store that also happens to sell super soakers. Yeah, there are some super soakers for sale. Who knows? It, maybe it's a cool comic store. But the ducks are trying to figure out how to get to Draconis. And they got to stay sharp. And yeah. How do they stay sharp, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Okay, this is, this is probably my favorite thing about the show is like oddly timed like little sequences of dialogue that kind of... Kind of explain how it ties into hockey and <laughs> I guess, uh, what is it, Puck? What is the planet there? The Puck World. Puck World. Um, it's not yeah, that hard to remember. So they just drop in there, <laughs> in order to stay sharp, we need to play hockey. Like, okay. Yeah, because hockey teaches you all the skills you need to fight, fight crime. a dinosaur dragon <laughs> who enslaved your planet. But anyway, so they do, and the comic book people are like, Funny you say that. The <laughs> pond of Anaheim's are right next door. So they go there, and that's where they meet the lawyer guy. What was his name again? Phil. Phil, Phil. Palmfeather. Phil Palmfeather. And Phil had just lost his team to Piscataway, New Jersey. The The Mighty Frogs had moved to Piscataway, New Jersey. Piscataway. They the huge market of Piscataway competing with Rutgers, apparently. Yes. Yeah. And he needed a team. So he salutes the ducks up, and somehow there's already a team already on the ice. They're named the Destroyer. They've been kicked out of every league. They're like the goons. Yeah, why were they there in the first place? I, they didn't have a team to play against. I assume that Phil maybe like tried to get them. Like maybe I can get them, be like the Globetrotters, travel around and like play teams, and because they're goons, they like just put on shows. I imagine that's what I that's what I assume. That's probably what they were going for. Mm. Talk about that in a later episode about the Destroyers. <laughs> Okay, so the destroyers come out and they're dirty and they're goons and they score a goal and Phil's like, Oh, here we go. And then the ducks come back 
and they come back and they score a goal and Phil realizes he has some gold here. So he signs them. They become the Mighty Ducks. Oh, and there's there's another good line where uh, Wild Wing is like, whoa, these guys are like playing dirty. Is like, we need to show them what hockey's all about, but by the book. Yeah. And so then I guess they start like, playing for real or something and 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 that's another one of my favorite things about the show is like the oddly timed like life lessons that they (laughs) drop in there like we're gonna play this by the book he's the best in school he's still he hits the books hard yeah (laughs) yeah there's one point where wildwood was talking about somebody about how he was an a student and he hit the books hard he's talking about nosedive yeah so they go to this game and phil realizes that you know he's got something so he signs them, they become the Mighty Ducks, and they become a sensation, and they become famous, and apparently, because of that fame, they make a lot of money, and in their contract, they were allowed to set up a headquarters below the arena, the pond in Anaheim, where they can... Like a bat cave. Exactly. And during that, so they set up the headquarters, and now they're on the search for Draconis again. Who's still on Earth somewhere, and they don't—they can't really find him yet. But they got, um, I guess, Tanya to build a supercomputer. Yeah. So Draconis spaceship can mold into a thing, like it can disguise itself, like it was a mountain, and it's like a building too. So it can disguise itself as different things. So they don't know where he is, but they go and they search for Draconis, and on their search for Draconis, they run into two people who are cornered by a motorcycle gang in an alley. And Duke La Orange is like, we got to turn back. We're no better than Draconis if we don't help these people in need. So they do that. They turn back. They help these people in need. And as they're going back on the search for Draconis, they hear they're going by the bank. And there's a big explosion. And someone's like, oh, the, bl- the vault just blew. So they turn around again, drive straight into the bank with their with their spaceship that's turned into like a... F- <laughs> A car, basically, a giant limousine slash SUV type deal. And they save them. And then they're looking for Draconis again. I think. Do they or no, do they turn back they, after they, that? They turn back, and that's when, I guess, Tanya, like, figured out, oh, I got the supercomputer oh, ready yeah. while you guys were out, you know. I somehow built this enormous computer. And then there's, I guess it detects, like, a huge electromagnetic pulse or something coming from some random mountain. And it's like, oh, that must be Draconis, like, booting up his hard drive or something like that. And so then they, like, fly out there, and it, it's he's literally just on the top of a mountain, like, cloaking his ship like that. Mm-hmm. And they go in, and they get in the ship, and there's a fight. And all, all this time, Wildwing doesn't want to be the team captain. He doesn't, he, he's still looking for Kennard. Yeah, he's like, they're saying, why don't you put the mask on? He's like, I'm saving it for Kennard. And he just keeps the mask in his, like, literally in, like, a fanny pack. It's like, there's... <laughs> He's I mean, basically being a giant pussy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, so they go fair. in, they go in, and there's another fight between the minions and the ducks. And during that time, Tanya and Grimm go to like the crystal room, which is like the. It's like the Valerian crystal, is what they call yeah. it. Yeah. Which I guess is their source of power for the spaceship. Yes. So. Tanya's setting everything up while the ducks and the minions are fighting. And Grimm is just like, fuck this. And he hits the Valerian crystals. He and just punches them. the crystal as yeah. hard as he can. 
and just this, very ill-advised. Yeah, not paying attention. At He's all. more of a strength, not concentration guy, which <laughs> is not not a good idea. Exactly. So while that's happening, Draconis comes out, gets invisible, starts beating up Wildwing, and Wildwing takes an extraordinary long time to realize it's time to put on the mask. Yeah, and they they do a good job because Draconis is like, you can't see me because. That mask like was uh, was lost forever. Oh, yeah, with, with your friend Canard, who's stuck in dimension limbo, is yeah. kind of like leading up to it. It's like, oh, you don't have the mask, and then all of a sudden, Wildwing, you know, takes the mask. He goes, actually, I've got it, and he puts it on, and he could see him. Yeah, and while Draconis is saying that, they have a nice little flashback to the moment Canard basically died. But so he Wildwing great, great puts, use of echoes. Yes, said flashback. Wildwing puts the mask on. He, like, destroys Draconis' invisibility somehow. Yeah, I guess it, he just, like, controlled it with, like, a wristwatch or something. So he breaks the watch. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's... And while Wildwing is fighting, the ducks and the minions are just watching. They're not helping. They're not doing it. They're not fighting each other. They're just watching. They fought before, and now they're just watching for some reason. So that happens, and... How, I, don't, I don't remember what... <laughs> it's just kind of like abruptly like, I guess he beats him up and then they, the minions and them, they like... Because uh, they, they blew up oh, the, the crystal. Okay, explode, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So they blew and, up the crystal. And so the ducks go to like, okay, we got to get back on our ship and leave because yeah. this place is going to crash. Exactly. So they get, out, they get out on their ship, which is like attached to the top of Draconis' ship. Yeah, it was docked like, it was at the like top. A, yeah, it was like a parasite. And so they get out, and they get out, and the Draconis' ship is flying towards the city of Anna. It's going right till downtown, because of course it is. And they institute some sort of secondary power. Auxiliary power. Auxiliary power. And and then it just kind of disappears. Yeah. It doesn't really make any sense. (laughs) I guess the auxiliary power, like, gives them just enough system to, like, break the ship, like, and, like, B-R-A-K-E, break. <laughs> and uh, they stop, and then they put their, like, cloaking device back on. And then, unfortunately, the duck ship is out of fuel, and so oh, they can't yeah. go after them. But, like, hey, we're going to get them, though, one day. Yeah. Instead of just, like, how about we just go refuel, then go get them, they just decide to leave. and Yeah, and as they're leaving, Duke of the Orange is like, we'll get them one day because we have a captain now because the wild wing he put on the mask. It was a very touching moment. And then they go back to, we're reaching the end now, but they go back to their... The pond, their secret Yeah, their secret Which is very secret. Below the pond, yeah. And there's a very meta moment where Phil is talking about all the things he can market for them and get them, and they could even have their own cartoon. And they're like, oh, that would never happen. No. And then it just kind of ends after that, right? Yeah, and this was all from the perspective of Phil telling the story to the cop. And so I guess the cop oh, yeah. drops off Phil. And just like, yeah, because the cop doesn't believe him. The entire time the cop is like, oh, this is, you know, crazy, like, sci-fi nonsense. And I guess if you've got giant talking humanoid ducks walking around, I mean, this there's stuff that's less believable than the Draconis. I, I don't get what the cop's endgame is. Like, what did he hope to accomplish? I guess he brought him in for just for questioning because maybe he thought there was some kind of illegal activity and i guess the whole thing though the cop was like oh these six you know humanoid ducks show up then all of a sudden these six masked vigilante ducks start fighting crime he's like you got to tell me there's a connection there right 
and it's I still don't get what his end game is. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, it was just like backstory, I guess. Unfamiliar. Yeah. With I guess there yeah, there was no other way to explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like how are we going to explain this ridiculously complicated <laughs> backstory? Yeah. They could have just been ducks from another planet that had their planet like blow up while they were out in space or something, and then fly. But yeah, no. that's that, that's not. Believable. Well, the good thing <laughs> is they they do set it up well for the future. Is because if they're fighting like if they're chasing Draconis every episode, it gets lame. And so now it's going to be like they get closer to Draconis each episode by fighting like some other vigilante or something like that. So the end game is like Power Rangers. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the end game is Gedraconis, but I imagine each episode is going to be fighting some other kind of vigilante with like 20 seconds of them playing hockey kind of spliced in. <laughs> playing against humans, it's, by the way. The hockey angle is very loosely associated. They just kind of like, like we said, they just kind of like drop it in there. Oh, yeah, we also play hockey, you know? Yeah, like one of the headlines, like the main headline for the, the Anaheim newspaper was like, alien ducks arrive in Anaheim. Then the next day was, they want to play hockey. <laughs> It's just like, okay, we'll let them do that. Yeah. It's really like a cartoon about the normal things, like fighting an evil person. But I felt like they're like, oh, we're the Mighty Ducks, so we have to play hockey somehow. So they just throw it in there like on top of everything. They don't work it in. But still enjoyable. I would just love to have been in on these pitch meetings. <laughs> because it's like, okay, you know, Mighty Ducks are obviously making a lot of money. We got to keep this merchandising going up. So we can get some kind of cartoon with, like, the ducks. It's like, how about we make them crime fighters? How about we make them real ducks? It was like, how are people going to believe that? Here, come up with a backstory. And it's like, okay, there's this dragon, and they fought them. And it's just really they strange. really high. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And it's very, very odd backstory. But I guess they kind of like got it out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so now they can kind of focus on, yeah, they're crime fighters. Just let them have fun. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Kevin? Uh, I, like I said, I just I love the, the cheesy little you know, one-liners about you know, life lessons here and there. That's probably my favorite part. And, and the duck puns. I love a good pun. Did you enjoy watching it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's... I made the point that it's a over very overly complicated for a, for a, a children's show. I don't know what their target range was, age range wise, but it's it does seem to be overly complicated for a show like this. Yeah, I guess it is though. Like the future episodes, you probably just like start watching one. Like, okay, I get the gist. They're a hockey team, but they fight crime also. Yeah. I like kind of like what you said. I don't think it needed to be as complicated as it was, but whatever. Yeah, it's almost like they were joking when they pitched this story. <laughs> that it was like, all right. Somebody ran with it. Get us a pilot. And it was like, oh, shit. Wrote the script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I spent, we, we just watched 44 minutes of it or whatever it was. And I spent most of the time confused. Yeah. Like, why are they doing that? Wait, who is this? Where did they come from? Why are they doing that? Yeah, talking about it really kind of helped. And um, so we really think that you guys need to watch the episodes. Yeah. yeah, I'll put the two episodes in the show notes. And you give us your opinions on it. And Tommy, you got anything else? Uh, no, but I kind of want to watch some more episodes. <laughs> okay. And once you watch it, as I said, give us your opinions. You can do that at com, or... On Twitter, at QuackTechPod, or iTunes. Just give us a five-star review. Give us your thoughts on, the was it the first face-off, part one and two? Yes. Give us your first your thoughts on the first face-off, parts one and two. 
in the review. But make sure it's five stars because we don't do anything below that. And remember, ducks fly together. Ducks fly together. Quack, quack. <laughs>